welcome back to Bridgerton Bitches. Today we're talking all about the latest Netflix adaptation of Persuasion. Uh, just a reminder, if you want to join us for a fun Bridgerton quiz, head to our Facebook page, The Bridgerton Girls, and find out more details. That's on the 7th of August. It's going to be really fun. Um, we're selling tickets just for a few quid just to help with our hosting costs. And on that note, if you'd like to help with our hosting costs, head to the link for Kofi on our bio. And we'd be super grateful if you could just donate a couple of pounds or a couple of dollars. So my name's Christina. And my name's Natalie. Have you finished with the groveling now, Chris, for money? Are you done? I, I just can't help myself. Get a bit of respect, yeah? Yeah, it's too much, isn't it? Yeah, it's too I'll much. I'll turn it down next time. Just a little bit, okay? Just a little bit. Um, but I'm really excited. Persuasion is actually my favourite story. Um, I love it. It? it is. I identify a lot with the protagonist, not for like the per, like the positive qualities. I'm not like that big-headed, but like I, just, I think I like her character. Maybe we could talk a little bit about persuasion what it is but yeah what do you think overall if you had to give persuasion a score out of 10 zero being really shit and 10 being amazing oh my god i wish i could be a character in this adaptation what would you give it should we do it at the same time can i just point out i'm a big fan and so are you of the other jane austen adaptations and we're yes. going to be naturally comparing this persuasion to the 2007 one yes. and also the earlier one i think from the 90s with kieran hines and amanda root no um no and i had and, not seen that so oh really I okay be. but i can't believe how much was changed and how much was dumbed down um and how much was over-explained to the audience and it just took away all the subtleties of what Jane Austen <laughs> should be and really made everything so glaringly obvious as if the, as if the audience were really dumb. Um, so, yeah, okay, do you want to do our scores? On so, the on, three? on the scout on three, is yeah, it? I will just want to point out that there were bits I liked and I'm going to share that. I'm not completely hating on this episode. I did laugh. I did. Yeah, I did laugh. So, there were bits that I liked. Okay. I've just gone up a point, okay, because I think I was being a bit harsh before. Okay, you ready? So, on the count of three... One, two, three, four. Five. Interesting. And you've gone up one. So you were on three before. Because pers- firstly, I will say that I'm a very impressionable person, much like Anne Elliot from Persuasion. And I don't think it helped reading a lot of the negative reviews. So I that's why I went up a, up a score. Um, yes. Yeah, I think I went into it. I'd seen a lot of the criticisms on social media, people saying that it was awful and it was horrendous and it was basically trash. So that's what I was expecting. So when I watched it, I was like, oh, okay, it's Mm. nowhere near as bad as I thought. Um, Mm. There's some choices in there which I don't agree with. There's some funny bits and there were some Mm. things I liked. On the whole, it's almost like a, um, you know, I would say like if you were going to go to a college production um, for drama students who want to do a fun take on persuasion, it was written by seventeen-year-olds, eighteen-year-olds. That's to me what this feels like. Oh, that could be the most damning review I've had. <laughs> it was so strange, and I've even written down the changes they've made. So even the way they've changed. Oh, and the Before, language. That be, oh, sorry, I almost got ahead of myself. Let's keep it structured. Let's keep it structured. I love yeah, my structure. Like I do love my yeah. sections. So. Um, what we're going to look at, we're going to look at the bits that we love because there were loads of bits that I actually really did enjoy from this adaptation. So and I the- did chuckle a little bit. There was a few times yeah. where I actually went, oh, that was quite funny. It doesn't belong in Jane Austen's world. Do you know what this is? This was almost a parody of Jane Austen. Yeah. There were so many jokes in there that were ripping into the culture. It was almost like Austen land, but it was like in the middle between Austen land and a normal adaptation. This was in the middle. It was almost like taking the piss out of its own genre. 
I did not get that. Damn, I missed that. Interesting. Okay, so what we're going to look at then, let's look at our best bits, the bad bit, the bits we didn't like, the eye rolls and the cringe moments, of which there were numerous, the lows, because there were some lows, mm -hmm. and the shockers. And then at the end of all of that, we're going to share the comments that we've received from our listeners about their thoughts on persuasion. Yeah, can I just point out, sorry, I might have misunderstood, un misunderstood the section. So I did best bits, but my eye roll and cringe kind of go and bad bits go together all in one section. That's then my cool. lols and then my shockers. So that works. Let's group eye roll, cringe and shit bits all together. Oh, shit bits is so much better. I love that. Oh, shit that sounds bits. good. That sounds awesome. So before we do that, I'm just going to give a little bit of a summary from my perspective of what persuasion is about, like a three second one plus 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, Anne Elliot is in love with a guy called Mr. Wentworth. I don't know captain what he's... Captain Wentworth. Ah, but before he's a captain, he's like an average oh, sailor. Okay. Fair. And um, basically her family, in, she is encouraged to break off the engagement. And then seven years later, um, she, ain't, yeah. a, she ain't over it. And then it turns out he comes back. He's now Captain Wentworth, super hot. And there's like, oh, what's going to happen? And I love it. I love it because I just love the idea of someone loving someone for that long and and the tension blah 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 and then they basically get together spoiler alert they get together oh and yeah. it's like full of misunderstandings and they don't like communicate oh. with each other love it see yeah to me um the original book and the original adaptations that were really good uh showed all those little misunderstandings mm -hmm. in a very subtle way i mm -hmm. didn't really see many of those lovely um jane austen misunderstandings in this show because they were so busy over-exaggerating and screaming yeah. at the audience about what was happening. You didn't get any of that subtlety. And I really yeah. missed that because of that yeah. slow burn mm. and that chemistry and those stolen glances um, are so important. Yes, there was no build-up. And there was nothing. Oh. Yeah, there was no build-up. Let's get into this because I'm excited. Okay. I'm excited, I'm not going to lie. Does everyone have their teapots ready and their fans ready? Yeah. Nice, no, definitely fans because it's boiling. It's kicking um, off. The first scene that we're introduced to made it into my best bit. So the first opening scene mm -hmm. when um, Anne Elliot um, and Frederick Wentworth are kissing. Mm. Um, they're holding each other and it's describing how they were very much in love. And mm. they end that scene with saying, but I was persuaded to give him up because he didn't have the means he wasn't rich enough basically yeah I thought that was quite a sweet oh and then a single tear rolled down his face did you notice that I loved that because I interpreted that as the breakup scene yes which I loved because I don't think I've ever seen that in an adaptation for persuasion before no you're right they don't normally show that so it was nice it was nice to see a man cry I don't think I've ever seen a man cry actually in Bridgerton we were talking oh, about in my life. <laughs> oh, in real life. No, I'm, I'm in. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Because we liked that about Anthony, didn't we? That we got to see him cry. Yeah, I love watching men crying. <laughs> um, so that was a very nice opening. I agree. Yeah. And just the way she said, I was persuaded to give him up. Um, and that, that phrase, give him up, just sounded quite emotive. Yeah. I thought. Yeah, I agree. Did you have any other best bits? Um, between that moment and when they had that sit-down meal together. Oh, yeah. So um, the next bit we're introduced to her family. Um, I will say, okay, a lot of people hated that they broke the fourth wall. And I didn't know what that meant. And now the more I think about it, it means when she keeps looking to the camera and talking. And mm. I must admit, 
when I read that she did that, I was like, oh, I'm going to hate this. I'm really going to hate it. Weirdly, it didn't bother me. And I do wonder if it's because in the 2007 Persuasion, the character does look at the camera and she very, very rarely she does do it. So I think I got used to that. It didn't bother me. What What did you think? What, so did that make it into your best bits, oh, no, the no, fact no, that she but, did that? Um, just checking. Just because I was about to say that uh, the next scene and it's something she does. And whilst we're on that topic, I just wanted to know, does that bother you? I think it felt harder to buy into the storyline because it also felt like the way in which she did it, it was like in quite a derisive tone. I found her to be quite judgmental and condescending towards the other characters in the in the book. And oddly enough, actually, Captain Wentworth later says, oh, Anne likes to be apart from everyone so she can judge. And I was like, oh, maybe that's what, oh, maybe that's why they did it, to give us a sense that she feels very on the sidelines and she's an observer. Okay. But you're right. It does make her seem quite judgmental. That's interesting. And um, I didn't so like that about her because Anne Elliot isn't judgmental in the books, is she? No, not at all. Um, so the bit I was thinking of next is we obviously introduced her family and she's kind of talking to the viewer, explaining about her father and her sister. Mm. Um, and I quite liked some of the metaphors she was using. Um, and she gets to herself and she's saying, basically saying how she's a disappointment um, in her family, her father, and that don't really... Um, respect her or they just don't think she's that great and she mm. says the phrase I am the crack in his looking glass beautiful um and I just thought that was a really because she'd already used the metaphor about how he's he's more in love with a, his mirror than anything mm. else and I thought that was quite poetic and nice and I thought whilst we're in this scene I just want to say that I loved the sets beautiful mm. wallpapers I think they used real locations mm. really pretty sets and I did think it was quite funny how they introduced the family by um, her dad is given a book about him and he's reading out about their family. And um, and that's in the novel. So that's true to the original. Um, well done, so he's reading like the peerage of England where they list all the peerage. And yeah, that was good. And I love the actor. Um, I completely... Richard E. Grant? Yes, I love Richard E. Grant, always have. Um, I thought he was really good. I thought he was really good too. So I agree, that opening scene was quite good, wasn't it? Yeah, and just before they first meet, um, I just want to say her hair, when she's planning to meet him, when they have her hair long, mm -hmm. it just looked absolutely gorgeous. And the, the front part, I just think it really suited her. It looked really lovely. i got to say that I did think that the way she, that her hair was done and um, because one of the things that really bothered me from the was it 2007 adaptation uh -huh. is I just she had these two little greasy strands of hair yeah <laughs> and I was like she just looked I just wish they did something more with her hair and I do think they nailed the hair in the show yeah they did they really did um, so my next best bit their first meeting. Okay, so I heard about this first meeting and a lot of people were criticizing it. Weirdly, put my hands up. I don't care. I liked it. Yeah. I thought it was funny. I didn't feel like it was completely out of um, the time. Um, it was a bit like rom-com. Yeah. So basically, she's entertaining her little nephews and she's pretending to be Captain Wentworth because she's a playful aunt. And she puts the bread basket on top of her head and she smears some jam over her moustache and she says, I'm Captain Wentworth. Um, 
something like I'm I am rich and handsome and as she turns around he has walked in and obviously she's really embarrassed and he quips um because they said they, they, her family starts to introduce them and he says yes we have met before I was rich not before I was handsome and I liked it yeah it's kind of flirty yeah. she was embarrassed it makes her look fun what did you yeah. think I that's one of the scenes that I would rewatch again. I liked it because I think there's a danger with a lot of these um, adaptations of making the time of Jane Austen people being like really stuffy without a sense of yeah. humor. And I, what I liked about this adaptation is that she was like really kind of just normal, kind of like Eloise from Bridgerton. So I, I agree with you actually. I did actually like that scene, and I thought the, the eye contact was good. I liked that he acknowledged her because in the 2007 option I don't think he actually admits to knowing her he's quite dismissive so I, I like that this this in this version Captain Wentworth was a bit more like oh yeah we know each other I like that a bit more yeah it's tricky I, I in some respects I like that in other respects it loses the agony and the anguish mm. that she feels when she meets him for the first time after eight years and it's that yeah. pain um and I think in the 2007 one after she meets him for the first time, we see her looking at the camera and she's got tears in her eyes and she's in her room and it's dark and she just looks at the camera and she says something like, it's over, it's done, yeah. we've met. And I just, there was this agony and anguish. You don't get that in this I, I agree. Think. Oh my God, you know what? You're so right. And I, I almost feel bad for her because she was longing him, longing for him. And she beforehand, she was hoping to meet him and she made her hair all nice. And she was kind of owed like a nice reunion. And she didn't get that. She actually ended up not getting the reunion she wanted. And it maybe it did sort of cheapen the reunion because they traded in that for a laugh. So you're right. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, I'm in two minds. Maybe I wish they'd put that scene later on mm. once they'd already met for the first time. Um, yeah, like stolen again. glances across a candlelit dance room yeah. or something. I mean, that's the trouble with this adaptation. This film is about the suffering um, and the regret of making a decision yeah. and having to deal with that. Um, and then the anguish of seeing that person and being confronted with a mistake you've made. And unfortunately, because they chose to go with the comedy aspect all the way through this, yeah. I feel like they lost that. They lost the yeah. whole purpose of what they were trying to create. It's very true. It, that's very true. Yeah. So the next bit, uh, I think this was you said you, you might have your best bits now. So they go to Uppercross um, with their lanterns and that looked beautiful at nighttime. Mm. I thought that was a really beautiful, um, what do you call that, art direction? Yes. Photography, I don't know. Mm. Um, and she is desperate not to sit next to him, isn't she? <laughs> Which this, I loved. I love that scene. Yeah, this came did up you in wanna, my best bit. Yeah, did you want to talk about that? No, no, you go. Um, so yeah, she's desperately trying to get a seat as far away from him as possible because there's a seat next to him and he's watching her the whole time knowing what she's doing. Um, yeah. And she finally gets a chair and then she has, it's a bit of a comedy thing where she's pulling the chair, which again, I didn't mind. Yeah. Um, and he knows that he's clocked it straight away, which I really liked. And I liked the way he's just staring at her. Yeah, I like that. And it had a Bridget Jones feel, you know, all the singleton kind of being a little bit clumsy. Mm. 
so I liked that and I liked that he was watching her and he was attentive of her it was really obvious wasn't it that he was looking at her whereas I don't remember it being as obvious in the previous adaptation and he even makes a comment to I think one of the other girls maybe Louisa sits next to him and he says something like oh uh it's good enough for you uh, I think he says something rude, actually. He says something like, oh, an upgrade, an upgrade from the person that was going to sit there or something like that, or yeah. the other person didn't want to sit there. He makes like a bit of a dig comment. I will say I do have a few cringe eye roll moments based on this scene, but I guess so we'll many about that later on. So many, yeah. That's I didn't my love, biggest, yeah. That's my biggest section. Okay, um, yeah, same. Hmm. Um. But did you have anything on that scene before we move on to a next scene for the best bits? No. So I thought um, I really liked um, when she's playing with her nephews in the woods and she's running and they have this little playtime about Marie Antoinette. Um, I liked that because I felt like it brought in the whole. So that's the time of when England was at war with France and it just gave a bit of a historical setting. I liked how playful she was. I don't know why. I just really liked that. Um, yeah, I liked it too. But I really, yeah. But well, the bit that how it ended yeah. came into the bits I didn't like. Yeah, I thought it might do. And then after that, I really like this again. But again, I guess it shows her vulnerability and her unhappiness, which I think is important to show because that's what this film is supposed to be—a progression of whatever. So she says to her little nephew, she's sitting on the bench and she's obviously feeling upset and she says can you do me a favor I need you to hug me so hard I can't feel my body anymore um, and I thought it was a funny thing to say but also it was like dark humor because yeah, she's, she's so lonely and then we, yeah. we cut to her crying in the bath and I was like finally some anguish it's the first time I don't know how many minutes we're in now into this show she's crying in the bath and I just felt I started to kind of feel her pain whereas I felt like before that um those moments where she was supposed to be upset it just the acting wasn't amazing if I'm going to be honest like Dakota Johnson I know she's been other things I thought she was a fine actress if I'm going to be honest I would say maybe there were two scenes that I thought she delivered well and the rest I just felt really lackluster in her acting yeah yeah I agree that bath scene I was like yes thank you I feel it yeah it's like I think you're right yeah do you have any more best bits because that was my last one actually okay I had a few after that so Captain Wentworth accompanies the what is Anne Elliot's sister's family called the Crofts yes so they all go for a walk in the woods and basically Anne decides to go for a piss behind the tree and she later mm. realises that Captain Wentworth is talking to Louisa. Mm-hmm. And what I liked about this scene is Captain Wentworth sees that Louisa is all kindness. Like he makes a comment about her kindness and um, oh, actually that's not a best bit. I guess I was um, going to say, what about this scene was good? <laughs> can I just delete that? What I last comment. Mm. My One of my best bits is when I call him the hot the hot top hat guy, the one that tries um, to seduce Anne. Mr. Elliot. 
Mr. Elliot when he meets Anne um, at different locations. So they everyone is walking up across mm-hmm. the coastal pathway and Anne Elliot meets this really hot guy with a top hat. And there's like a little bit of bants. He's like, oh, I'm in your way. And she's like, oh, yeah. And then yeah. basically I was like, oh, bants. And then I liked how jealous Captain Wentworth got. It was like mm-hmm. really overkill. Like it was totally over the top. But I did like that, the banter. And and I just, I really like the banter actually between Mr. Elliot and Anne Elliot. I liked the See, way they sparred. Interesting, because I didn't at all. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like he was being played as like a strange villain. Um, and he was very one-dimensional and a bit modern. And there's a scene later on, isn't there, where she's like don't call me a creature and he's like whatever not she's like we'll talk later and I was like that was was something so I thought that was just in a way it was funny but I just felt like this didn't belong it felt so alien to like it just felt so modern to me I liked that and I thought it was funny how they had that kind of relationship where it was like so tongue-in-cheek like you don't see that in many adaptations where men and women talk in that way um he was like oh what's wrong with creature like what's wrong with creature I'll tell you later it was very f- I liked that you see I thought that added personality I, know, I, I didn't buy into his character I don't know whether it was just his acting mm-hmm. I just it didn't feel real to me it felt really like he was just like a panto villain it just didn't yeah I think I agree with you in that I felt like he'd just been like copy and pasted into the scene and I was like I don't really get you or your agenda and I don't think they tidied it up very nicely at the end either yeah, I will compare it to the 2007 one and they gave him a lot more screen time and they yeah. explained, like, they made him show such an effort to seduce her and he was constantly after her and constantly mm. on her case. Um, and I feel like maybe they didn't do that enough. So that's why his character didn't really make too much sense in this yeah. one. Let's move on to the ship bits. Okie dokie. I felt... It- so my first comment, really, watching the first few minutes was I felt they just incredibly oversimplified the beginning in terms of her sadness and torment. Um, it, I got no sense of regret at all. The way she laid on her bed and just looked grumpy, like a grumpy, passionate teenager. And I was like, there's more depth to this. This is supposed to be mm-hmm. emotional. Like, mm-hmm. um, There's no subtlety. And I feel like Jane Austen adaptations are all about subtlety. Um and I didn't like how she was like, I enjoyed well, I enjoyed some quality time by myself and some nice long baths. So everything she said sounded healthy. But at first I liked it when it cuts to her sobbing in the bath. Or, mm. But then I was like, I feel like you're cheapening this woman's regret. Yeah. And it, it's it like was, a montage, yeah. For cheap love. Yeah. But for, for a cheap you're love, right. I just didn't like that. You're right. And also, um, I thought it was a little bit unrealistic when we're introduced to her family and Lady, is it Dalrymple? The one that persuades Anne not to marry. It's not Dalrymple, is it? Mm. Lady Russell. Lady Russell is talking to the dad and she she calls him arrogant to his face. And I just thought, again, you're friends. You're supposed to be friends in this novel. Um, You wouldn't talk to your friend and outright call them arrogant. They were doing that for the audience because for some reason, the writers of this show think the audience are stupid and can't pick up subtlety and can't figure stuff out for themselves. And that did annoy me. Like maybe they are targeting it at people who weren't into costume dramas before they watched Bridgerton, have never read Jane Austen or watched a Jane Austen adaptation. They think, oh, 
they're not going to get the story. So we're just going to be really, really over explaining everything. And maybe that's what they're trying to do. Catch that Bridgerton. No, no disrespect to Bridgerton, but I just mean people who aren't used to Jane Austen's stories. That's how I think. That's why I think they did this. Because they made it really obvious he was arrogant because he's standing in front of a mirror. He's reading a book about himself. Then they made it doubly obvious because we've got Anne narrating and explicitly telling us. And then it was like, yeah. And then the third thing was this, this scene. So I agree. It was overkill. I thought that lady's acting, I didn't find it believable. Uh, Lady Lady Russell. I didn't feel... I I think for me, there was a lack of emotion between Lady Russell and Anne, and Anne as a person, I didn't feel that she was connected to the the deep sorrow and regret. Um, There are, there was repeated scenes of Anne with a bunny on her. Yes. And I was getting bunny boiler vibes of this version of Anne Elliot. The way that she follows his career, she's got the way that she was presenting all this information about how she'd like carefully. Uh, I know I've skipped scenes, haven't I? Should I? I'll reel it back. Well, can I just say before we move on to that bit, just as a general observation, nothing mm. specific to a scene, I think her accent was dodgy. Okay, so she's oh. obviously American. She's like doing an English accent. There were a few times where she tried to drop, like, drop the consonant off the end of a word, and it sounded really jilted. And then there were some times where I could hear like a little bit of an American twang. I wonder if the reason her acting wasn't amazing in this, I have a theory about actors, when you're trying really hard to do an accent, you're focusing so much on that that I feel like the acting can sometimes suffer because it's really hard to portray an emotional scene whilst trying to do an accent and I just wonder if that's what happened with this yeah I noticed the accent sometimes went a bit dodgy I didn't I actually thought her accent was okay Okay. but I do agree with your second comment I actually do think that was that had an impact on her connecting with the personality because she was perhaps very mindful of how she was speaking yeah because even Connor so my partner was in the room and he could hear it and he was like oh my god the accent so he picked oh. up on it. It's just she, she, yeah, dropped the ending of some of the words, and it just sounded, um, it just didn't sound right. Um, That's interesting. And just to go back to the bunny in general, yes. In the previous adaptation, Anne Elliot is portrayed as someone who gets shit done. She's mm-hmm. sorting out the whole house situation. She's dependable. She's reliable. This version of Anne Elliot, there's only one situation. Well, there's a couple, but I don't think that personality trait is emphasized. So she's sort of lying around, thinking about the past. She's got her little bunny, like almost like a child. I think they really infantilized her. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. So in the book, she's a selfless character. Like she puts everyone before herself. She's the one looking after the children, sorting out the house. She's very responsible. I will say I put the bunny under my lull section. I thought it was funny. I just thought it was so random. I thought it was really funny how it just shot to her holding a bunny in the drawing room or the bit that I laughed out loud when she gets out of the carriage and she's holding the bunny and I just thought it was funny like really random yeah I guess it is random but I don't know what purpose it's there what they were trying to tell us with that um I I don't yeah I don't know like oh she's a crazy cat it's like oh she's a crazy cat lady because she chose not she didn't choose love and she's a bit of a spinster so therefore she has to have an attachment to an animal is it that kind of trope or maybe she's so lonely that the only comfort in life that she has is from a bunny yeah 
Mm. Um, I thought that the scene where them, so again, we're still at the beginning of this um, film, and these guys come in and start removing possessions that belong to Anne Elliot's father. Yes. I thought the set seemed empty, the acting seemed bad, and Anne Elliot's just sort of standing there smirking like she finds it funny, like she's so uninvolved with the life of all these people. Yeah, and she's, she's above them. Yeah, mm. and there was a judginess about Anne Elliot in this version that I just did not like, and I really, I thought that was... I didn't like the whole smirking and oh, they're silly, petty little lives and I'm above it all. Or Do you know what I mean? There is something in this scene that's in my lols. So can I just say it, seeing as we're bang on it? Mm-hmm. So my lols was when one of the debt collectors snatches a plate off the sister and he goes, daddy's broke, princess, playtime's over. And I laughed because I was like, what the, what just happened? That's hilarious. That is funny. Yeah. Um, I didn't like so then we then we meet um, then we see Anne Elliot visiting her sister who has the two little boys and I've we... got something just before that sorry oh, go on, for my, it. on my worst bit so I thought this was a real cheap laugh and weird and it's cringe and a bit out of place but while she's having dinner with the dad and Mrs Clay mm-hmm. and her sister Mrs. Clay basically has a lot of cleavage out and she looks down and tries to like push them up while she's talking to Anne Elliot's dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know she's a comedy actress, actress that's in that role. Oh, is she? I just felt like, yeah, I've seen her in some other things. I felt like it was just a really cheap laugh. It was weird. It was out of place. It was very modern. Um, and then that's when they start talking about, oh, you, a five in... Bath is a 10 in London, which I, I didn't mind. A lot of people complained about that. I don't really mind that. It's mm. kind of funny. I don't know. I guess it's a bit modern. But the yeah. whole cleavage thing, I just thought, guys, come on. Again, what the audience are too stupid to realize Mrs. Clay is trying to get attention to dad. So unless we show her being overtly sexual, we're not going to understand that. Like, what did you think? Um, I didn't pick up on that. But I didn't like the comment about the way, again, the disparaging way in which Anne was looking down her nose at Mrs. Clay. I didn't think that was very kind. And Anne Elliot is kind. That's one of her redeeming characteristics, actually, for all of her faults that she may have. And I didn't like that she talked about, do you really think my dad would marry down? And I was like, you're vain. But I think that's supposed to come across that she's pointing out her dad's a snob because in the novel, her dad is a snob and she's embarrassed by that. But, but you're she, right, that didn't come across very well. No, because I felt she was saying that Mrs. Clay was all oh, really lame and she's not ever going to get dad. And do you think dad would marry down? Which insinuated that she thought Mrs. Clay was beneath her dad. Yeah. And I just didn't like it. I'm sorry. I, I didn't find it. I didn't find myself feeling much for this version of Anne Elliot because I didn't think there was actually that much to like about her. No, apart from she's someone described her as like um, on Facebook as like uh, the drunk aunt that plays with the kids and gets drunk and says inappropriate yeah. things. <laughs> And for that, again, funny, but then you lose all that emotional depth and that guilt and that was and that regret. I just, yeah. it, it came at a cost. Mm. So then you wanted to move on to when she goes to visit her sister. But the problem I have with this is, you know, like one of the first rules in writing is you show, you don't tell. 
right? Yeah. So you don't explain things to the audience. You show them what you're mm-hmm. trying to say. And this is what she does. So before she even meets her sister, she looks at the camera. And she goes, so my sister is a narcissist. And she goes on to explain the all the attributes and characteristics of her sister before we even meet her. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're taking away any dramatic input, any like, we can figure that out for ourselves because the character was so over the top written as like a narcissist and a hypochondriac. Why did she feel the need? And the thing with the fingers really cringed me out so much when she looks at the camera and every time her sister says something that agreed with her description of her sister, she held a finger up and I really didn't like that. No, I think, I don't think we can assume that everyone knows what a narcissist is. Like, I didn't know person, that those characteristics. I mean, I thought I thought it set up the sister really obviously, but I do see what you're saying. Like, it was overkill. Um, and again, it almost feels like, wow, Anne, you're so quick to be critical of everyone else's faults, but how about your own? It's yeah. that judgment. She's very judgy. Yeah, but her sister is an asshole, and she's an asshole in the book, and she's a horrible person. Well, sorry, I say horrible person. She's a very difficult person. She's very, very self-centered. Yeah. Um, but I just, I thought they wasted time her explaining when they were just immediately about to show us the character anyway. Yeah. And I got proper children's TV show vibes when she was holding up the fingers and smiling really broadly at the camera, yeah. and it reminded me of a children's TV show. And I was like, what? That really took me out of it. Yeah, and again, it was almost like she was in performance mode. So rather than being involved in it emotionally, I found her detached throughout because she is. Because by looking at the audience and talking about everyone around her as if she's describing them, I just feel like she was detached from from being immersed in it. Mm. I don't know. Um, What's your next... I didn't like I didn't like that Louisa was trying to match her and Captain Wentworth up together. Agreed. That's not what, how it happens in the books or the adaptation. So Louisa, nobody is supposed to know about the background between Anne and Captain Wentworth. And in the in the original, that people are constantly saying, Oh, have you guys met? Have you guys met? And they are the only two that know their secret. And it gives them an intimacy that's like a forced intimacy between them, even though they're strangers, mm. because only they knew about their past. And by Louisa, again, because what? They can't trust the audience. Louisa has to say, oh, I know you are in love. Maybe you'll get back together. And I'm like, no, Anne is supposed to believe that there's no hope. She's lost hope. Um, you're ruining the plot. And you, what are you doing? What? Why did they do that? And also, it would have been so, wouldn't it have been so um, scandalous that they had been engaged and they'd been in love? Like, it's supposed to be private. Yeah, and uncomfortable. Um, So that, and then what makes it even worse is Louisa starts getting the hots for him. And she's like, oh, actually, Anne, um, do you mind if I get in on this? Because he's super hot. And I'm like, so you're a shit friend as well. So you've ruined that kind of nice relationship as well. Yeah, and I'll come back to that later because that's a scene that I also wrote down that I wasn't in, that impressed with. Um, I mean, I do have more scenes that I wasn't a massive fan of. My next one is when they're at the dinner table mm-hmm. with everybody. Do you have any before that? No. So I think the most obvious one, which a lot of people have had a problem with, is for some reason, Anne Elliot, I can see you already shaking your head, Anne Elliot blurts out, Charles wanted to marry me first. Uh, I mean, Charles before my, and then she starts, and it looks really awkward. And she, I kind of liked how she was slipping up on her words. I thought it was kind of funny, but I was like, 
this is really inappropriate and rude. Again, like you said, Annalie is a kind person. She wouldn't dream of embarrassing no. her sister no. and making herself look like a twat. It was cruel. It was yeah. awful. And again, and again, I just, and Ellie, I didn't like her in this version. I just didn't think she was very kind or considerate. Um, he wanted to marry, also- he wanted to marry me fast. So I thought, right, that's awful to say that in front of your sister. How is your sister going to feel knowing that she was second best? Yeah, and then she tries to turn it into a pretty little compliment by saying, of course, he came to his senses and, and chose Louisa. And I, and then even Captain Wentworth looked at her with disgust. He was like, so you're telling us he preferred you to your own sister? Yeah. And even he's like, you're being a massive bitch right yeah, now. Yeah, she was. And then it was almost as well, one of the undercurrent generalizations was that she was some sort of alcoholic and drinking all the time and and then it was embarrassing because she wasn't getting her words out and it was like are you drunk oh my god on that note there's a really awful bit i can't remember where it comes because i didn't write it down when someone says how would you have danced that dance and and she says this awful bit where she goes in my room alone with a bottle of red and i was like, you sound like you're in a 90s movie yeah it was really cringe she says that i think when she's sat by the window and she's looking out of the window and she's looking at people and her sister comes along. So can I just give you an example, a really clear example in my mind of how they have taken a concept from the book, decided the audience just wouldn't get the subtlety and turned it into something (laughs) really, really over-explained and obvious, okay? Mm -hmm. So in the book and in the other adaptations, after Anne first meets Captain Wentworth and she's like, oh, it's over, it's done. And there's a sense of relief that the worst moment of her life is over and she's managed to do it and stay in one piece. Um, her sister, who has no tact, is walking with her and she says, Captain Wentworth said you were so much changed, he would barely recognise you. And the reader or the person watching is supposed to infer that that could mean she looks old because it's been eight years and Anne takes that to heart and she it upsets her. Or you could read it as she has changed. She has become more assertive. He would not recognize her. He remembers her as a girl who was so easily influenced by others and persuaded that, he, that she gave him up. And it's hard for him to forgive her for that. Perhaps now he recognizes that eight years have made her more assertive and more strong-willed. And he likes that. So that ambiguity could be read both ways right and that's important because austin's all about misunderstandings right yeah they changed that in the show to captain wentworth said you looked old and i was like wow okay that you've completely just fudged that up now yeah there's no mystery we now know how captain wentworth feels because the beauty of the book is throughout the whole story we as a reader and Anne, you know we're not quite sure what he thinks about so so why is it the writers of the show have they just not understood the story that's how it feels like to me mm-hmm. they've taken the story they haven't quite understood it and they've turned it into something really flippant and comedic well they've looked at it at a surface level without taking yeah. in the nuances and that's what makes it so heavy and so meaningful um and immediately after that i think she's screaming into her pillow or something and she says oh love me you idiot and I'm like, okay, again. Love me or kill me. Oh, no, but I've written down love me, you idiot. She definitely says it because I thought that was really strange. Oh, okay. Um, 
and again, that's not Anne Elliot of the books. Because she's um, coming across as petulant and childish and stamp my foot. And that's not, and it just wasn't an emotionally sensitive adaptation. It didn't feel loaded with any emotion for me. It was very surface uh, yeah. level. Yeah. And she's supposed to have given up hope at this point. Yeah. And she's she's in agony because they're meeting as strangers and he's being so, um, what's the word, ambivalent towards her. So the last thing she's going to say is, love me, you idiot. Because that implies that she still has that hope that she can win him back. So yeah, exactly. And throughout the whole um, film, I just felt, thought there was too much self pity. The way yeah. she was verbalized, there was no subtlety. You know, I missed. I was that. wondering, you know, right? Because something else that's missing here is the language. So what I love about Jane Austen adaptations is the beautiful language. Mm-hmm. The way people speak, like if you, even if you think of 1995, uh, sorry, 2005, Pride and Prejudice, they have that lovely, you know, 18th century, they have Jane Austen language. Yeah. They've completely deleted that and they've basically spoke in a way that's more modern. Yeah. The sentence structures and everything aren't the traditional Austen way. So part of me was watching this thinking, it's so modern. Why have they decided to set it um, in Regency times? Why not have just made a modern one? Because then they can't... Because then they can't cash in on the whole Bridgerton success. I I think you're right. I think that's what they've done. It's a cash cow. It's Bridgerton's really popular. Let's do the same thing, but try and also catch those Jane Austen fans two in one, get double the figures, get double the viewing figures. Yeah, absolutely. Because in Um, the day, all these Austen fans, if if you look on Facebook at these Facebook groups, they're all watching it. Even though they know it's shit, they're like, you know what, we're going to try it. So yeah. Netflix is going to see the millions and millions of views. I think it's I think it's number one. Yeah. Job done. Even if people don't like it, right? I think they've just made it like it's like a McDonald's version, isn't it? Of yeah. an adaptation. Yeah. They've made it just like cheesy and loud and bright. Um, I got to say, you know, I did like the costumes. I did like the colors because I did feel like in previous adaptations, you know, Anne doesn't wear a lot of cool colors. And I did like the the dresses and the costumes in this. Yeah, I really like the costumes. And I used to use a lot of linen, um, which was nice because it was quite natural. But you know what I noticed, which was really interesting. So in the 2005 Pride and Prejudice, um, the writer didn't like the Regency Empire dresses. So he decided that all the characters would have to wear um, dresses with a, a dropped waistline or much lower. Okay. I noticed they made the exact same choice in here. Have you noticed the waistlines are dropped? No. And it's the same style as that 2005 PMP. And I thought that was interesting. And I wondered why they made that choice. Why? Maybe because the actors didn't feel it was flattering for them? Yeah. But I just thought they would copy all the Bridgerton costumes too and make them all satin and shiny and stuff. So I did like how they were lovely. Like they, You're right, the costumes were lovely. I would say one of the nicest set of costumes that I've seen in an adaptation because of the colours, you know. And the way they flowed. Like she had lots of pleats around the back of her skirts and they flowed really nicely, I thought. Yeah, because in the previous adaptations, I just don't remember Anne, you know, wearing nice colours. No, I think you're right. Um, um, just another cringe... And I was just like, oh, I love a joke, but didn't love this. When um, they're in Lyme and they're hanging out with Captain Wentworth's friends, um, someone says, um, oh, man, stop farting about. And then the, and someone else goes, oh, let the man fart where he wants. <laughs> and I was like, this isn't romantic. And I don't know. It's weird. Who said that and where were they? I need a so, bit of context. You know, when they go to Lyme, 
and they meet up with, I think they go to um, Bennick's house or basically one of Captain Wentworth's sailor friends has a house and it's quite small and pokey and yeah. they meet his wife and they're sat around the table having that conversation and, and he's trying to persuade Captain Wentworth to, to basically sign on to the ship. Yeah. And I think that's, he's like, stop farting about man. And then I think it's the wife that says, oh, let the man fart where he wants. And I was just oh, like, oh, no. Any romance like that was it. building in this scene is destroyed because now I'm just thinking of farts. Well, I'm kind of surprised he didn't have Anne Elliot move uncomfortably in her chair and just let one <laughs> rip. <laughs> and then she's fanning it. And she's like, oh, Frederick. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was another thing. She kept calling him, but by Frederick, which we know would never have happened because yeah. that's an intimate thing to do. You're it, right. It's it like felt they, weird. It's like they didn't know how to create distance or they didn't respect mm. the societal things that weren't and were not done. And so there was nothing to break. And You're so right. there was there was no chemistry. There was no tension yes. because they got rid of it all. And, be, and that's because they've chosen the comedy and the modern filter on top of, yeah, that subtlety. Oh my God, you've just reminded me of a bit. I don't know why I didn't write it down because it was so stupid. So when she's supposed to meet him for the first time, but she has to stay behind with her nephew because he's hurt himself. So naturally she decides to get pissed and she sat on the window bay drinking wine and she looks out of the window and she can see Captain Wentworth in the other house or the other part of the house at dinner table. And she opens the window and she goes, Frederick and shouts out the window and I was watching it and I was like what the fudge is happening again you're destroying the slow burn here and then she falls off and then she pulls wine on her head again they did this with Bridget Jones in book one she was a little bit like you know a little bit clumsy but it was endearing and then in, in the second film they made her into a clown it was excessive, yeah. and I really didn't like it. They've done that with her, and, and with Anne Elliot, they've made her into a clown. She would mm. never have done that, and she's almost acting like she's like sixteen in terms of like she's emotionally stunted. You just wouldn't have. I'm not saying that in a bad way. I mean that sounds really bad, but you know when you're sixteen, you do things that are like they're kind of funny and they're a laugh. But she's like hitting thirty. You just a woman. A woman of that age in that time, we just would not have done that. It just—I know—and and I didn't like it. It's you're right. I did get Bridget Jones vibes, and someone else shared that on one of the Facebook groups. And I was like, before I'd watched it, and that scene where her nephews are climbing all over her, and he comes up and pulls them off, is a direct copy of a scene in Bridget Jones. So I do wonder if that's what they were kind of aiming for as well. Yes, and I have another piece of evidence that suggests that that's the same. So um, I want to take you to the beach scene where Anne Elliot is in a beautiful, I think, blue dress, and she's looking at the sea. And Captain Wentworth comes up towards her. Now, normally this would be a really charged and emotional scene because, again, not Mm. supposed to be alone with a guy, but it wasn't. It felt flat to me. It felt like they were just sort of, it just felt flat. And he's basically, they have a talk and they talk about how he'd like to be friends with her. And she's like, yes, I'd like to be your friend. And then he said, excellent, good talk. And I was like, Hugh Grant much? That's (laughs) That is exactly what Hugh Grant says. Excellent. Good talk. And he's really awkward. I think it's in love, actually. And I was like, yeah, it's like you're basically doing a Bridget Jones, but you're just all dressed up in Regency stuff. 
Yeah, nice analogy, like nice summary of the whole show. Um, what I was disappointed by, so that scene happens in the other Persuasion adaptation. So he introduces Anne to his good friend. And what was really nice about the 2007 one is through subtlety, which this show doesn't understand, mm-hmm. um, you can tell that Frederick's friend knows all about Anne Elliot. And he's heard all about her and he knows the background because of the way he looks at her so intently mm. and um, looks at Frederick and Frederick is slightly embarrassed. And you pick up on all of that, just looks, mm. no words, that, mm. yeah, he's spoken to his best friend about this woman that he loves. And his friend is like, yeah, I know what's going on. And they didn't do that at all. And I was like, oh, damn it. That's a shame because I really liked that in the originals. That's interesting because I know the scene you're talking about because the guy who is Frederick's best friend is also in that TV show we got really obsessed yes, with. Discovery of Witches. I, I was going to wait and see if you noticed that. Yeah, which, you know, is, is, is pretty good. Um, and you can tell because he's looking at her and he's got a little smirk and then and then he says to Anne, oh, I'm trying to convince Captain Wentworth to go to sea. And she said, I think you'd be better off asking Louise, you know, to have his ear. And he says, I'm asking you. So to me... And I didn't like that, though. When he went, I'm asking you. And it just sounded very direct and abrupt. And again, just no subtlety. And I just thought it was weird and awkward. And I just... Oh, I didn't like it. Okay, but you you did like that. I mean, I didn't love it. But I do think it, it, it was very obvious, wasn't it, that the friend knew about Anne. But yeah. See, I... I don't think that sweetness and pot- it was, I feel like in the others, it was like a really positive sign. And it was like, oh, there's a secret smile there. And it was done in a very nice, mm-hmm. subtle, oh my God, I think he still cares about her and his friend knows. Whereas in this version, it was like, no, I'm asking you. And it was just a, br- and I just didn't think it was handled very well, personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Um. I'm looking at my other eye roll cringeworthy moments. Did you have any eye I'm roll? all done with the eye rolls and cringe. I have quite a um, few lols. I think I didn't like the acting of Lady Russell. I didn't like it at all. I just didn't feel like there was that much love loss between her and Anne. And I thought she was a little bit pompous, a little bit on her high horse. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, just having a quick look really, really quickly. Sorry. Um... I didn't like that Captain Wentworth was looking at Louisa in, and it felt like really over the top. So when they were, um, after the, the scene where um, Anne Elliot doesn't want to sit next to Captain Wentworth and Louisa ends up sitting there and they have that meal, they dance. And uh, Anne Elliot is playing the piano and she's watching as Captain Wentworth is dancing with Louise. And I didn't like it because I felt like, I felt like Captain Wentworth was looking a little bit too over the top. It felt like over oh, okay. the top to me. And then when he turned around and, and Louise wasn't there, he looked disappointed. Louise. Louise wasn't there. He looked disappointed. And I was like, oh, it just feels like you're crushing on her or you're trying too hard to make it look I like... I just felt that he was trying to make Anne jealous. So I quite liked it because I like it in costume dramas when the characters try and make the other characters jealous. Oh, And okay. I think that was his game. And I think... You you see that in the original as well, don't you? Like he does loads. Of, he's only he's only courting Louisa to her Anne. I didn't know that for sure. Is that is that true? Then I think so. Yeah, that's quite malicious. Yeah, well, he's her, isn't he? She she did really fuck him over eight years ago. 
he broke oh. she broke his heart like isn't that what a lot of us want to do when someone hurts us we want to hurt them back really badly or, don't we or we want to look like we're absolutely fine and yeah. we don't care about them anymore so I think it was more in my opinion it was more that he wanted to make it look like she didn't bother him or hurt him anymore mm. rather than him trying yeah, to hurt her even in the originals he'll say a couple of biting remarks that are obviously aimed at her like he uh in the 2007 one he says something like i cannot abide a woman that does not know her own mind and is easily um persuaded by the will of others or something and she looks yeah. so hurt because he's basically clearly talking about her um, yeah that's true okay so, so you're right yeah. it's malicious i didn't like it as well um when louisa is sharing with anne how she's got the hots for captain wentworth Not and cool. she says he is everything i believe this man could be my future and i was like this you've is the first, 10 minutes love this is the first guy that you've ever met you've met him 10 minutes and mm. also i don't think it is appropriate to be telling your do you know what i mean and that would be okay if they left it how it was supposed to be with Louisa not knowing the background between, because that's yeah. what happens, isn't it? Yeah. She starts courting Wentworth. She's got no idea that Anne and Wentworth had a thing. So yeah. therefore that doesn't affect her relationship with Anne. Yeah, exactly. But again, it felt a little bit like, oh, that's not cool. Um, what I also thought was a little bit eye-rolly is if we go back to that moment where Anne gets introduced to um Captain Wentworth's best friend and they're at the beach and Captain Wentworth is like, this is Anne. Um, what I didn't like is how this friend tells Anne that his sister died and that his dear friend is still mourning her loss. And in one in one moment, he says, the universe has a plan. And I was like, okay, I can see how you would tell yourself that if someone you love died, maybe that's how you get through the pain. And then later on, he says, the universe is always right. Oh, fudge. Fudge stick. And I was just like, so... poor sister. You feel like there's a bigger plan. Oh, Your sister was God. a happy sacrifice. Um, I just but felt he like... Also, he also says, oh, get over my sister quick, much, basically. When he's like, like, I must admit, he's moved on pretty fast from my sister's memory. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, so later on, that's one of the things I didn't like. When at the end of this film, Louise ends up with this guy who's mourning the loss of his fiance. He says something like, um, yeah, um, my my sister wouldn't have gotten over him so quickly. Yeah, too right. And I kind of liked that, that he said that, actually. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I would say overall is that Captain Wentworth talks about Anne and how how amazing she is at the end of the film. And I was like, I have seen no evidence of any of yeah. the things that you've said. The only thing that you said that later gets proven right is when he talks about how she would have made a great captain and she's really good at dealing with a crisis. And I was like, mm, I haven't seen that at this point and we see it when Louisa falls and hurts herself but that's later on so I just don't think that she matches up to his expectations I agree and I really struggled then with all of a sudden he's writing that letter saying I love you I was just like you haven't shown us enough between them for this to happen Mm -hmm. yet I 100% agree yeah, let's move on to the lows because there were a lot of lows. 
yeah, there were some lulls. It was funny. Um, so I've mentioned the bunny. I thought that was funny. I thought it was funny when she came out of the carriage with the bunny. I liked the bunny buns. Mm. Um, the daddy comment was funny. Princess playtime's over. Um, mm. Okay. I wasn't expecting this joke. And when I say it out loud now, it's not going to sound funny. But I think I just thought it was funny because I was like, oh, okay. Um, she's going through her box of like mementos about the captain. And she's like, here's his letters. Here's the playlist he made me. Here's a lock of his hair. Here's one from his horse, Samson, whom I hardly know. <laughs> and I was, just, and was like, as she said that, that was like a massive amount of mane. And I was like, oh my God, that's funny because I wasn't expecting it. And it's silly. It's not, it's like nonsensical. And I thought it was kind of funny. Did you and like it, that? It was funny, but I liked it because her sense of humor is quite dark. Yeah. And, and the way that she was like, <laughs> she had this horse mane who I barely knew. And I just thought that was funny <laughs> that she made that comment. Yeah, um, I thought it was really funny. The other thing that I found funny is when they're all having breakfast or lunch or something, and um, Anne <laughs> is you're gonna say. yeah, and Anne is with um, oh Anne is with her family, isn't she? Lady Russell and the other lady with the big boobs and her dad, and and the dad says, "Oh, you need to go visit your sister. She's not very well." Um, and Anne gets past the letter, and it says, yeah, um, "This made me laugh." It says, "Oh, hang on, I wrote it down." It said. I'm really ill this time. And then she drew a little sad face. And I thought that's funny. Yeah, it was funny. I wrote Mary sad face letter. And I just thought that was so funny. And um, I liked, I did like that about them. <laughs> because it was all in quill and ink. And it was like an authentic letter. And I was just like, oh, that is funny. I liked Who's that. Who's to say they didn't do that in those days? And that's what I liked about this adaptation. I definitely feel like they made it more relatable in some ways and they did get rid of that stuffiness that I think some adaptations can have. So fair dudes, I think they did a good job of that. A lot of people really, really loved um, Mary. This I loved Mary. I loved her. She was the best actress. She was the best actress in the whole I'm thing. I'm in two minds. She came up with a lot of funny stuff but it felt like they were trying too hard to make her funny. She came across as quite modern and she had this like voice of like a spoiled child. And I'm comparing her to the other actors and the other adaptations. And I felt like their acting was better and it was more real. Her character wasn't realistic. It was like a comedy set. It was a comedy piece, but I will admit she was funny. But to me, I just thought she's a comedy device. She isn't an authentic character. I don't know. I actually found some of the things that she said more genuine than 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 Anne. Um, they were silly things, weren't they? Like at one point she says, "Anne, do not use metaphors. You know, I cannot abide metaphors this early in the morning." And I was like, "Okay, it's funny. It's well written. It's witty. Maybe it's a little bit Jane Austen vibe because Jane Austen could be really witty." But I was just like, "It doesn't make any sense." I didn't think it was witty. I didn't think that was smart. Okay, you didn't like that. I didn't think anything of it. Um, I thought that there were things that um, the, the sister said that really made me laugh. Um, that is what the sister said. I know, but that wasn't one of the things I would include. Oh, okay. Um, so Mary says, um, embody, she talks about self-care and about embodying gratitude. And then she says to Anne later on in the, in the play, like, oh, please come, please come to this house meal thing we've got to go to. And um, the husband's like, oh, go on, Anne. Like, what plans do you have, really? Come along, come along. And then Mary says, you don't have any plans. You don't have any friends. And I just thought that was really funny. 
Now you're going to say that's tumbleweed. Yeah, because I didn't yeah, think that's yours not one I would have picked. Yeah. Did you hear the silence there? Um, I, I thought love- it was funny when this, the other sisters were trying to avoid asking Mary to go for a walk with them, I think to Uppercross. And uh, she was like, are you avoiding? Are you trying to get money? Are you trying to go and do something without me? And one of them goes, oh, Mary, you hate moving your legs. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that was funny. I liked that. And then I liked it when Mary said, um, you assume that just because I hate something, I do not want to do it. And they just mm. look at her like, do you just hear what you just said? Yeah, and and she was funny. Like um, there was a moment where she was sitting on the stairs, and she was talking about gratitude, like you said earlier. And she was like, "Every time something irritates me, I have to think of something I'm grateful for." That's what my doctor said. And her husband goes, "Well, Mary, what about the happy marriage of your, <laughs> I don't know, niece to Mister Hater? And they're very happy together." She's like, "Oh, that does nothing for me." I know. And I just and that was funny. I like that, and I kind of like how. He's like he often says to her, "Where are the kids?" She's like, "I don't know." Like she just doesn't give a mm. shit. And I kind of, I don't know. I mean, I just sort of thought it was kind of funny, and it was refreshing. I did like her. Um, I just thought it was really funny when I saw the letter originally that Anne gets passed that you know read about how Mary saying, "I'm really ill, sad face." How funny it would be if there was like a little penis drawn in that letter. <laughs> yeah. Um. I wouldn't be surprised if they'd done that in this show, to be honest. Yeah. And also, Mary's such a bitch about the piano music that Anne plays. I wish I'd wrote down the quote, but like, she's just, I kind of like her mm. openness and her directness. She calls it sad sack music, <laughs> which is a modern term. And also, she says cappuccino, which threw me because I was like, pretty sure that's modern. And we looked it up, and you didn't use the word cappuccino in the UK until like the 30s. So really? that threw me. Yeah. And I mean, I. In a way, it was funny how she was like, I speak Italian and she doesn't even notice because she's self-centered. Yeah. I thought it was funny when she said it, but then when she was actually doing it, I was a bit like, oh, this is a bit cringy. She was doing it to the camera as well. And I was like, I don't really find it that funny. Yeah. And then I was like, I feel like you're showing your sister up in front of us. I don't know. It's just something about it just felt a little bit bitchy and Mm. mean. Um, Because at the end of the day, Anne Elliot, you could just say something to your sister rather than being a little bit of like a a backstabber. Yeah. Yeah. And and kind of bitching about your sister. You could just grow a pair of balls for once in your life and actually just be like, why are you talking to me like I'm a piece of shit? Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I think is really sad? Under our best bits, we don't have the moment Captain Wentworth and Anne Elliot finally get together. And that makes me sad because that's what Austin is about. We should love that scene. We should love that moment. And I'm a bit like, meh, it was okay. What did you think? It was the worst. I'm sorry, but it was the worst, you know, build up kiss I've ever seen. Mm. I just wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling it from either of them. I actually thought he was really wooden and I just don't, yeah. I felt like he lacked the conviction. It's almost like he kind of forgot he was the leading man and he was, oh, are you sure? You sure you don't want me just to be like maybe um, <laughs> Captain Wentworth's best friend? Because I can do that. <laughs> I can totally do that. But that's Amazing. the vibe I was getting. Like, oh, he kind of kept forgetting that he's supposed to be, I didn't find him smooth, his swoon worthy. And I thought sometimes the way that he talked, it was a bit mumbly and I just didn't really get that intensity of him. It was a bit serious. And yeah, maybe that's what it was. It was a bit serious intense. Whereas Mr. Darcy and uh, 
Maybe he was trying to do Mr. Darcy vibes, but he took it too far. Yeah, because Captain Wentworth in the the last adaptation was quite serious, but he knew how to act with his eyes. But you know what, though? I got more of a sad, serious Captain Wentworth from 2007. It was like, I'm sad, and therefore I'm not smiling when I look at you. Whereas with Captain Wentworth, it felt more confrontational or just serious. (laughs) You ain't looking at me, bitch! Yeah! Yeah! Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know what? As we're talking about this, all I can think about is how much I want to rewatch the 2007. Yeah, it was really good. Anyone listening, if you haven't watched the 2007 Persuasion, it's got Rupert Henry Jones, who is lovely. Mm, delicious. I can't remember. I keep forgetting the name of the lady, and I think she was quite good. She was brilliant. I mean, there were little moments in that Persuasion. Like, he picks Anne Elliot up. Oh, Oh my oh god my And god. they didn't do it And a lot of people Are pissed off about this So there's that moment Where they're walking She gets tired She hurts her ankle In the two other adaptations They both have Captain Wentworth Pick her up Without her permission Without any warning <gasps> so Place awful. her on the carriage He's got his hands Around her waist It's physical contact It surprises her There's a yeah. moment And he walks away yeah. Really briskly It's a bit yeah. like The hand clench In 2005 PMP, yeah. And they didn't do it and it's Why? so important because it's so sudden and so unexpected and he kind of saves her and it's oh then you're then you're a guess you're you're left guessing did he do it because he, he was care? yeah yeah or was he kind of annoyed because she was oh no i'm fine or did he feel sorry for yes. her because she's she's depicted in this really lonely way ah oh, it's that lack of ambiguity but again the writers of this show do not trust that as an audience mm. we can read between the lines or we can imagine Ooh, what's going on? And that's what makes these things fun yeah. is that, oh, what's she thinking? What's he thinking? And I, unfortunately, they felt the need to spell out everything to us. And I find that annoying. And it doesn't work for this because the whole idea is she has one idea. He has another idea. They don't know the, what the other person's thinking. You're right. Yeah. You're right. It's she- we've got to pick up the hints. And, you know, this isn't awful. OK, I want to make that clear. Yeah, when everyone yeah. was saying this is awful. This is trash. I don't agree. No, I don't, I don't think agree. It's awful, but I don't think it's good. I think it sits in between. It's it's meh. It's okay. I think that's fair, and I think I think you're right. And I think I would go from a four to four point five. It's just that the things that we we've come to love about things that are set in Regency period are the subtlety and the ambigu and the ambiguity and the lead up and unfortunately they just removed all of that but you know if you want a bit of a laugh I mean Emma was brilliant the new adaptation of Emma I thought that was brilliant and they kept the language I love the language they use um it's so lovely and I'm a little bit disappointed they got rid of that as well because we're too stupid Chris the audience aren't oh, going to understand yeah it. you know if we change the sentence structure to make it sound slightly archaic no one will know what they're saying you know even Bridgerton threw in some indeeds they didn't even bother with that you absolutely trashed them for that though <laughs> I feel like we can't win with you mate to be fair yeah but at least um, they tried and I they mean, do would I they do speak in a slightly different way, though. Maybe the language is different, but the way they speak, like, I burn for you. And you know yeah, what? I do Bridgerton think it tried. is. Yeah, actually, it isn't modern day language. It's something in between, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas I feel like this. I mean, at one point, she even used like contractions where she was like, instead of saying do not, she was like, I don't. And I was like, no, 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 no. If you're watching a costume drama, you don't have don'ts and won'ts. You have do not, shall not, will not. And that's yeah. nice. Do not contract your language in a costume drama, please. Yeah, because not that. Cool. Yeah, so true. We are running out of time. I can't believe how much time we're taking. We're really loving this. Um, shall we look at the shockers? 
Oh, gosh. No, I don't think I have shockers because I put eye roll, cringe and shockers and bad all in one. Okay, let me oh, have... Sorry, the only shockers I had was when she shouted at Frederick out the window. I've already mentioned them. That was it. Yeah, actually, a lot of these shockers we've already talked about. Um, Would you watch this again? That's the question. No. No, I see. I'm not fussed. Maybe I'll watch it if I'm doing something, like if I'm sewing or if I'm cleaning. I might have it on in the background, but if I'm honest, probably not. Because there was a lack of emotion. I don't feel like I particularly liked Anne Elliot. Um, I don't really get, I don't think it was particularly obvious what happened with that guy. Who was that hot top hat guy? Mr. Elliot. What was oh that about? Oh my God. That so, would have gone in my shockers when she so, comes out onto the street and she sees him like proper going for it with Mrs. Clay in a doorway, which so I thought was weird. They had to feel the need to explain how vain the dad was in three different ways. They don't explain how, why he's suddenly dry humping Mrs. Clay in the middle exactly. of the street. They haven't explained that. And I apparently in real in, in the real one she she was actually his mistress all the what? way through what? yeah but again like they can't be asked because maybe they don't think it's important to the main character's storyline hang on so mrs clay is mr elliot's mistress so why was he trying to get with anne apparently he just did really like her but he wasn't going to give up his mistress he was going to just have both of them at the same time that doesn't make any sense so what his plan was he wanted to seduce Anne Elliot and have a mistress at the same time because he wanted Anne Elliot's dad's money well no he's going to inherit the baronessy from Anne's dad anyway he's actually the heir because um, Anne's dad doesn't have any sons he's just got daughters he's the heir anyway so it is weird. It's kind of confusing. Um, I just think that, that was really wrong, badly explained. But... And then if you have this plan, then why bother marrying Anne anyway? I think he just genuinely liked her. But then he's like Shaggington's this Lady Claire. Yeah. I didn't like that. And also it was broad daylight in a street. And I was like, again, hard to imagine that would happen without completely ruining the reputation of both of those people. But I just don't think you would do that. You wouldn't. And then how did Lady Clay even get into Anne Elliot's dad's inner circle? I don't know. I can't remember. Oh, were they going to try and play? Were they both trying to get married into the family? They're like win-win. Maybe. Um, we should move on to Facebook comments because we don't have very long left of this uh recording okay i still think we are going to run out of time but you put a post up asking people for their comments um rj thought it was okay she did like that it had a lot of color um following in bridgerton's wake which i agree with because i think you know you're right a lot of the bbc versions are pale um and rj also thinks this is one of the nicest um of the novels that the story um i just think that maybe for rj she didn't like the maybe the the throwing in of, of modern elements and that felt a little bit jarring like the rating system and yeah and looking into the camera and also you know wentworth wasn't swoony he wasn't swoony enough yeah and also I it was Shelley, quite hot though mm, i couldn't decide i think shelly lou agreed as well that it wasn't he wasn't hot enough poor guy yeah i'm gonna see what christy says hotness isn't all about just how attractive you are though hotness no. is about your demeanor and your the way you carry yourself isn't it and the way you speak and the way you look as in like eye contact and stuff so yeah and you know what like christy liked wentworth she said he was charming and had a wonderful longing look and that is true but you're right when i say like hotness and attractiveness i'm referring to like yeah 
the way he moved, the way he looked, the mm. way he spoke. And I just thought that was a little bit lacking. So to be fair, though, Christy liked him. Shelley Lou says the same as us. She gets Bridget Jones vibes oh. and Fleabag. And I think the writer that did Fleabag was involved in this, hence all the talking to the camera. Really? Mm. Yeah, and the octopus scene, people were saying about how awkward that octopus scene was where they okay, are literally... I missed this. I missed that. I don't know what people are talking about. So basically, Anne, Anne's father and Anne's sister and I maybe even Lady Clay, they all go to visit their really rich relatives, the two women. And it's mm-hmm. awkward because they're all just sitting there in the line in front of these two women who don't have anything to say to them. And it's awkward. And basically, Anne is trying to make conversation by talking about a dream. And then the hot guy, Mr. Elliot, saves her and tries to get it to make sense. And then the two rich old people kind of go along with it. Um, but it didn't make, I, I don't know, I didn't oh, dislike it. This is so it. weird. I, I didn't, didn't see this. I wonder, I paused at one point and now I'm wondering if I accidentally jogged the slider because I didn't see that. I'm going to have to go back and watch it. I didn't actually, I actually thought it was kind of funny and a little bit original and a little bit different, but it felt like it wasn't in keeping. I would describe this adaptation as not quite in keeping with the the usual Jane Austen vibe. And maybe it's for that reason people aren't happy with it, but as an independent thing, it's okay. Yeah, agreed. I'd love to hear the writer's reaction to people's reaction, to be honest, because they must know how much people are panning it. Um, I'd be quite interested to see them defend it, defend their choices. Yeah, I I think it would be really interesting. I'd like that. Um, If you don't like Jane Austen and you're not particularly fussed, and you're not that precious about Jane Austen. I don't think you would be thinking that this was a very bad adaptation. But at the same time, I think if you're someone who's not bothered about Jane Austen but loved Bridgerton, it doesn't even stack close to Bridgerton because I feel like mm. Bridgerton was much more entertaining, more characters, more variety, more colour, mm. more events, bam, bam, bam. You're going to watch this and you're going to be bored. Yeah, I agree. This was lacklustre. Like, yes. they, they could have, I, I guess it must be really hard for them because they can't do modern version of music because Bridgerton's already done that. They can't mm. do the glitzy outfits because Bridgerton's already done that. So they had to think of a way of making this special and stand out. Yeah, and they did. Uh, yeah, and I thought they chose. Yeah, I guess they chose comedy. Let's be comedy, and yeah. people will love it. And actually, no, sorry, co- comedy alone isn't enough to make us love this because you've taken away so many of the vital ingredients to what we enjoy a costume drama as, and you've just left it with hot air. I'm trying to think of a recipe metaphor, and it's not really coming to me. The thing about why persuasion is my favorite is because I just think it's so relatable. And it's that horrible feeling of regret that can live with you forever. And I just really, really like Anne Elliot. She's non-assuming. She's kind. And you lose all of that. I personally didn't feel... And I was kind of almost a bit disappointed that she got together with Captain Wentworth. I was like, I don't really feel like you've learned anything. Yeah. Yeah. And and then that like supplementary scene at the end where he's teaching her to use a sextant. And I was like, you're wasting 30 seconds of screen time on this scene, which isn't giving us anything when you could have spent that 30 seconds on them building up their relationship again or something else. I just, I didn't particularly love that scene either. I I don't know whether we're supposed to think it was romantic or something. No. And like, I would have liked maybe a sex scene. If you're going to go modern. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. 
Um, but yes. I think the kissing scene could have been better, more longing, and I've just been waiting so long for an adaptation of Persuasion, oh. and it just felt oh. so like oh, maybe that's part of the problem. Yeah. This isn't the one we deserve. You know, the last one was 2007. We are overdue. I mean, it's been over 10 years and you're right. Um, sorry, I'd like them to make a new one. Yeah. Why don't they make a new one where, you know, they do the language and, and they keep it in line with the book, you know? Um, I feel a little bit bad for the people that made this. Like, I, there are things that are good. I think there's some bits that are well written in terms of comedy. Yeah. Great. If your goal was to make a comedy... You know, tick. Well done. You've made a comedy. If you your goal was so to... ingenuous. <laughs> if your goal was to make a costume drama adaptation that costume drama addicts are going to love, I'm sorry, it didn't work. You know, if nice you're... try, but no, not nice try. If you wanted to create, <laughs> if you wanted to create this fan, this fan obsession, like you know how people are creating videos of Anthony and and what's she called and Kate and like, oh my god, obsessing over these scenes, you failed. But yeah, otherwise you were a success. So it wasn't yeah. it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Um we have less than one minute, so I think we should say our goodbyes so we don't have to oh, have another meeting. Um thank you for listening. Please follow us on Facebook. Please <laughs> give us money. Um <laughs> please come to our quiz event. Uh, and we'll entertain you for three pounds for an hour and we'll dress up we might wear like funny masks from Bridgerton it sounds uh, like you're describing yeah. a very different kind of event there 